Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I am Christian and I'm one of the two Liberators together with Barry Overeem. In this series, we're reading some of our most popular blog posts about Scrum and misunderstandings and myths around the Scrum framework. In today's episode, we're going to cover one of the biggest myths and misunderstandings in the Scrum framework and also one of the most sensitive ones. The myth is that the Scrum Master cannot remove people from the Scrum team. And to set the stage, we'd like to read you a scenario that you may recognize from something you have experienced yourself. So, Tim decided not to join again, asks a visibly frustrated developer attending the daily Scrum. Those present let out a defeated sigh and dropped their shoulders. Even after the talk we had about needing to share progress openly, adds another developer. The tension is palpable. Tim hasn't joined the daily scrum for almost two months now. Spending his time on very important things, Tim prefers to spend the daily scrum writing code. But but except the huge commits he does at the end of the sprint, that often undo the work done by others, no one really knows what he is actually working on. The issue has been raised by the development team on several occasions during the sprint retrospectives, but without resolution. The Scrum Master of the team, Tess, has spoken about it with Tim on multiple occasions, trying to figure out what drives Tim to play his card so close to his chest. But despite good talks, nothing has changed. The team has grown tired of the fight, morale has slumped, and due to the unpredictability of what Tim is actually working on and how it will impact the sprint, the team is increasingly hesitant to commit to the sprint goal. Having tried many different things to successfully resolve the situation, Tess decides to remove Tim from the scrum team. This case illustrates the balancing act between self-organizing nature of a scrum team and making scrum work for both the team and the broader organization. The case we just described represents one of the difficult decisions that scrum masters are sometimes faced with. When asked if scrum masters can remove someone from the team, most people respond out of principle with a resounding no. It can create hierarchy in the team, it can harm the trusting environment, it should be delegated to HR, management instead, and it goes against the self-organizing nature of the development team. Still, in this post we're going to make the case that this principle is actually a myth, based in part on an incomplete understanding of what it means for the Scrum Master to be a servant leader. There are situations where the Scrum Master has the responsibility and the authority to remove someone from the team and where that decision is actually a really good decision. But let's begin by exploring what the Scrum Guide has to say on this. The Scrum Guide does not explicitly state that the Scrum Master can remove someone from the Scrum team. It does emphasize several relevant responsibilities. The first one is that the Scrum Master is responsible for promoting and supporting Scrum as defined in the Scrum Guide, within the team and also within the broader organization. The second one is that acting as a servant leader, the Scrum Master helps to create an environment where the Scrum team can work effectively with Scrum. And the third one is that the Scrum Master is responsible for the removal of impediments that hinder the progress of a development team. Many things can become impediments from broken laptops to team conflicts and from disruptions to missing skills. But the Scrum Master should concern him or herself primarily with those impediments that endanger the sprint goal and transcend the ability of the development team to solve them on their own. More broadly speaking, the Scrum Master tries to remove or resolve things that get in the way of the team's ability to work effectively with Scrum, and by extension, 
the entire organization. Another way to look at this, at these three items, is that the Scrum Master is a servant leader by setting and maintaining the rules of the game, while also providing the players with the freedom and support to play the game as effectively as possible. Although the Scrum Master does everything to help people play the game to the top of their ability, his or her primary responsibility is to make sure that the game is played right. Translated to product development, this means that it is about delivering a valuable product in incremental steps to learn on the go and allow better insights to emerge as you do the work. The removal of impediments, the things that obstruct this game from being played well, is one of the responsibilities of Scrum Masters. So the question now becomes, can members of a team become impediments to this game? Now can people be impediments? And let's make this as simple as possible. People should never be called impediments. Instead, the dynamic between individuals can get in the way of working with Scrum. Not the person, but the dynamic is the impediment. For example, take a developer that plays everything close to the chest, not revealing what he or she is working on, how things are going, or how other people can help. Whatever this developer is working on, no one really knows. And for obvious reasons, this developer does not see the value in daily scrum and never attends. Or take a developer that frequently spends her evenings unilaterally throwing away entire chunks of code written by the team and replacing it with code that she feels is superior to what the team has already produced despite increasing frustration in the development team. Or take a developer that uses every opportunity he has to air his grievances with Scrum, like starting heated debates during the various Scrum events and distracting people from the matters at hand against their will. And finally, take a developer that uses his seniority to aggressively criticize the work of others on an ongoing basis, making people generally feel unsafe and insecure when he's in the room. However annoying these situations and dynamics may be, they do not make for a sufficient reason to remove someone from the team. But what if the following conditions are true as well? First, the situation has been going on for a while and without the prospect of improvement. Second, the atmosphere in the team is increasingly tense. People are stressed and increasingly hostile and agitated. Some may even be reporting in sick, unwilling to endure the stressful work environment they're in. And third, the development team is well aware of the situation and doesn't like it one bit. There have been many conversations about the situation during sprint retrospective, but for whatever reason the will to take action fails to materialize. Perhaps the development team is afraid to act, feels that it isn't their responsibility, or doesn't have the courage to take dramatic action, such as removing someone from the team. And fourth, the Scrum Master has had a number of conversations with the member in question to help them become aware of the effect they're having on the team. In other words, there is a prolonged and unresolved conflict going on that is harming the functioning of the Scrum team. As a result, you may start seeing people skipping Scrum events, useful discussions may be cut short or avoided altogether, and people will be less willing to be open and transparent about their work. Simply put, the foundations of Scrum, the pillars of transparency, inspection, and adaptation, are crumbling. Now, considering such a conflict, is it really ethical for a Scrum Master to stand by and do nothing? Is it ethical for a Scrum Master to wait for the team to make the decision themselves, even if they don't do so? 
If it is obvious to everyone that the team is suffering and that it's affecting how the team operates and how it works with Scrum, the Scrum Master is exactly the right person to act as a servant leader, step in and do what needs to be done, no matter how difficult that decision is. Is there an impact on trust? A common objection is that removing people from the team can damage trust. How will people feel safe again when they know that the Scrum Master can take actions like removing someone from the team? This argument assumes that there is a trusting environment that can be damaged in the first place. But if a team is dealing with an unresolved conflict, like the examples we gave before, there are already a lot of things going on that are actively harming trust. It is more likely that the team is surviving in a state of artificial harmony, a status quo that isn't very healthy and productive. Take the following behaviors that exemplify a trusting environment. Do they occur in teams with the conflicts we mentioned before? Like having difficult conversations without fear of retaliation. Like being critical or skeptical of something without fear or of retaliation or being made fun of. Or take making mistakes without getting blamed or punished. Relying on others in a team to help you when you get stuck. And how about being able to lovingly fight, which means to have a debate that's quite heated without repercussions on the relationships between the people involved. Or what to think of being able to admit that you don't know something or are afraid of it without having to worry about repercussions or people making fun of you. And finally, how able, how able will you be to rely on what people say is what they really think? If you read between the lines, it takes little effort to relate the lack of these behaviors to a lack of transparency, inspection and adaptation. The core principles of the empirical process that Scrum is all about, and the core of what the Scrum Master is there to protect. You can say that removing someone from the team damages trust, but isn't the reverse more likely to be true? Rather than decreasing trust, the removal of a member from a team will actually help restore trust. In terms of group dynamics, it creates space for the team to find a more productive way of collaboration. And the Scrum Master has also demonstrated that he or she is willing to make a tough call, such as removing someone from the team, if that's helpful and healthier for the team. Rather than decreasing trust, removal can also be a powerful signal to help restore trust. So why not delegate the decision to remove someone from the team to human resources or management? A common response to the challenge in this episode is to delegate the decision to someone outside of the team, like a team manager or a human resource department. Let them make the decision based on the evidence presented. Yet in this thinking, there is revealed a continued existence of traditional beliefs about the role of management in Scrum. In order to work effectively with Scrum, the Scrum Guide stipulates only three roles, a product owner, a Scrum Master and a development team. Together, these three roles have full authority to make decisions about product development and their internal process as a team. Although management can certainly still be involved, they are not the ones making the calls. If they would, it would undermine the self-organizing nature of the Scrum team and signal that the power to make decisions about development and their internal process does not lie with the Scrum team after all. Having or wanting to delegate these kinds of decisions signals that the team is not truly self-organizing. 
For all these examples, it helps to keep in mind that the decision to remove someone from the team does not mean that this person is being fired. They can very well be of great value in another team or another position in the company, just not in this team. So, how do you actually remove someone from a team? Removing someone from a team is incredibly difficult. It should indeed be the very last resort after you've tried many other things and given the development team many opportunities to resolve it on their own. But if all else fails, removal is a viable option. Although there are certainly no best way to do this, there are some things to consider. The first one is to make sure that the person in question has already had sufficient opportunities to improve. As such, the decision should not come as a total surprise. The second one is that it's important to be honest about the reasons for removing someone from the team, and that's going to be difficult. The third thing to keep in mind is that you shouldn't remove people from the team with everyone present. Take the person in question aside and announce the decision. Be friendly, empathic, but firm and resolute. Take sufficient time to give the person the opportunity to respond and to ask whatever is on their mind. Also make sure that you involve the necessary people and the departments in the decision, like human resource or management if that's important in your organization, but remain in control of the decision that you are making as a Scrum Master. Whatever you do, don't make it personal, and don't use personal reasons to make the case. Stick to what is observably true or at least shared by the majority of the team. And decide together how to proceed from here. Depending on the situation, a member may wish to leave right away, but they may also prefer to finish the current sprint. In any case, make sure to follow up with the person a couple of days after the decision. When you've made your decision, share it with the development team. Give them the opportunity to respond and reflect on what happened. This may be a moment for relief, but also for a difficult conversation about how you can prevent this from happening again in the future. It's also important to recognize that removing someone from the team is difficult, especially for the person being removed. Be exceptionally respectful and empathic to this person. And whatever you do, and we've seen this happening in some of our classes, don't brag to others about how you removed someone from the team or how you stepped up and did something difficult. Treat the person you removed and the situation in which this was needed with the utmost respect. Removing someone from the team is not something to be proud of. It's something that should keep you awake as a scrum master and that should drive you crazy with trying to find other ways to resolve the situation but leave you with only this way to go. So don't brag about it. It's not something to be proud of. So what about the product owner? Up to this point, we've pretty much been talking exclusively about developers and the development team. But we feel that the same reasoning as outlined in this episode also applies to the product owner. There are many ways in which product owners can get in the way of playing the game of Scrum. For example, a product owner may be unwilling or unable to be sufficiently available for the development team to clarify requirements and to determine what needs to be built. The product owner may not have mandate or maybe even entirely lacks a vision for the product to make any kind of decision about that product, making it very difficult to rapidly inspect and adapt. Or a product owner is creating an atmosphere that is unconductive of Scrum, like a strong focus on commitment and control. Or maybe the product owner is someone who 
puts so much pressure on development teams that it creates an unsafe environment. Again, if all other solutions have failed, the last resort of a Scrum Master is to replace the product owner with someone from inside or outside the organization that is better suited for the role. If that person can be found, the value of Scrum lowers to the point where one can wonder if it's even worth it. This again underscores how the Scrum Master needs a mandate from management to make difficult decisions. So with a topic as difficult and challenging as this, we also have three other thoughts we'd like to share with you. The first one is that other than removing an individual from the team, another option for a Scrum Master is to disband the entire Scrum team and start over. This can be helpful when there is a persistent and unhealthy dynamic between a group of people, a reality that sometimes happens. Sometimes you have a group of people that just don't click, they don't gel. And in that case, it may be better to start over. The second consideration is that when starting a new team, you can make specific work agreements on how to deal with a scenario like this. So suppose that you find yourself in an unresolvable conflict. What happens? What do you do then? How do you come out of that conflict as a team? Is removing someone from the team an option? And how can the development team take care of that on their own? And finally, There is great value, obviously, in building skills to prevent conflict from escalating to the point where a Scrum Master has to step in. Now, that's a big topic in itself and something we'll cover in another episode of this podcast, but make sure to invest in that. So let's move to the closing. The Scrum Master is primarily responsible for the Scrum framework and for the empirical process that underlies it. Sometimes... This may require that the Scrum Master remove someone from the team that is causing a very unhealthy dynamic in that team. Prolonged conflicts in teams between individuals can dissolve the trusting environment that is needed for the empirical process to work. Because of its self-organizing nature, the development team should be supported in whatever way possible to resolve these conflicts on their own and make decisions that they think are necessary. But if the conflict cannot be resolved by them, even after repeated attempts, it becomes an impediment for the Scrum Master to resolve. And in that case, the Scrum Master, as a servant leader, has the responsibility and the authority to act for the good of the team and the empirical process of Scrum. Obviously, this is a last resort and something to avoid at all costs, but it is something that is within within the responsibilities that you have as a Scrum Master. So what do you think? about this episode. This is a tricky and challenging topic and people often have different opinions on this. Have you ever been in a situation where someone was removed from the scrum team? Have you ever been removed or have you maybe removed someone from the team? Let us know what happened. We're always eager to learn more about this. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of our podcast. I'll make sure to put the link to this to the blog post that I've read in the comments so that you can read it if you want. Also, we have a lot of upcoming cool events that you can join. Check out deliberators.com events for our own overview. We also have a lot of meetups, free meetups that you can visit, mostly if you're based in the Netherlands. And we have a web shop where you can order some games materials that you can use with your own scrum teams. Go to shop.deliberators.com to see what we have. A lot of what we do, like this recording, the videos we make and the blog posts we write, we just do it because we love to talk about scrum. We love to help people in the community work with Scrum more effectively. If you're willing to support us in doing that and find more time to do that, 
um, then you can support us by joining one of our events, by getting something from our web shops, or by becoming a patron. Patreon is a really cool platform where you can give us a very small amount of money every month. Um, and that's a good way to support us in creating more content like this. It's also a way for you to show support if you like what we're doing. You can give whatever you want to give, whatever you feel comfortable giving, and you can stop whenever you want. Again, I'll make sure to put the links in the comments below. Having said all that, I really appreciate it that you took the time out of what's probably a very busy day to learn something new about Scrum. Hopefully we had a useful, some useful input, some useful things that you can work with as a Scrum Master or Agile Coach, Product Owner or Development Team Member. And we hope to see you again for the next episode. See you later. Bye.